Welcome to the OVC Extra Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Schwartz, Assistant Commissioner for Strategic Communications at the Ohio Valley Conference. If you want to catch up on a previous episode, you can find us wherever you download your podcasts with complete information at ovcsports.com slash podcast. We continue our OVC 75th year podcast series by hearing from retired UT Martin head men's golf coach, Jerry Carpenter. Jerry's been associated with UT Martin for nearly 60 years, first as a student, then manager of the campus bookstore, then later the head golf coach, and now in retirement, volunteer assistant golf coach for the Skyhawks. He has also worked on the football chain game and basketball table crew, in addition to officiating football and basketball games at both the high school and collegiate levels. Now, my conversation with Jerry Carpenter. I'm going to give our listeners a little behind the scenes here, Jerry, that we record these on Zoom. And uh, this is the first time you've done a Zoom, correct? That's correct. So I'd say we're making history here uh, this morning while we're recording this. So, you know, this is the 75th anniversary of the OVC. So wanted to have a bunch of different uh, administrators and coaches and, and people on to reflect uh, things that have happened. And, you know, if somebody uh, screams UT Martin, it's definitely you. You know, tell us about, you know, I believe it's 57 almost total or more total years at UT Martin. How did your relationship with UT Martin begin uh, as a student? My, I started the school here out of Newburn High School in 1962 and uh, graduated in 1966 in the School of Agriculture, believe it or not. You know, a lot of people can't believe that, but uh, I was an old farm boy in West Tennessee and, and uh, you know, first generation to go to college and we did that. I graduated and, and uh, started to work at UT Martin in 1968 as a uh, bookstore manager. I worked in the bookstore for four years while I was in school, and that started my relationship with the University of Tennessee at Martin. And so you're there and you graduate, and uh, you, did you know exactly what you wanted to do when you uh, finished your undergrad? Uh, yes, I did, because I had a, a job offer from the uh, Farmers Home Administration, which was under the Department of Agriculture, and uh, they gave me a job right out of, just as soon as I graduated, I, I started to work with them and I worked well right at two years with them uh, in here in, in Northwest Tennessee and Dresden and Union City. And uh, I don't know, one day my former boss came by and sat down and talked with me and said, hey, I got my bookstore job is open and uh, I'd like for you to consider taking it. And so we talked and at that time, it was a possibility I was going to be transferred to East Tennessee and being a West Tennessee boy, that didn't interest me at all. <laughs> so I took the job with, with uh, UT Martin as a bookstore manager. And I did that for 34 years. Well, I would think, uh, you know, the bookstore, everybody that goes to college goes in the bookstore. That's like the center of campus. What was that like, you know, uh, working that job uh, pre becoming a, a eventually the golf coach? Oh, it was, uh, it, it was a great job. I enjoyed it. Uh, uh, we remodeled the place twice while I was there, and we had a very good operation and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Had, had good employees. Uh, I had two secretaries. One of them stayed with me for 33 years, and one of them was there for 32. And I had some other ladies that worked for me for 30 years, and I had a, a guy that did all my shipping and receiving, and he was with me for 35, 34 years. So, you know, we just had a great relationship, and uh, – it, it was very good. Uh, during all that time, I became involved with the uh, 
with the football program. Uh, I started uh, on the sidelines as a chain crew member and I did that and then worked up to clock operator and and uh, did that for a number of years and and things just you know developed on of course at all that time I, I started officiating in 1968 as a TWSAA football official and basketball and uh, that turned out to be a great career I did uh, I did 37 years as a basketball official and 25 years in college ball including 10 in the Ohio Valley Conference and uh and then the rest of it was in junior college, NAIA, uh, high school. And uh, so that's how I got started. Football, I did that for 50 years on the field. My knees finally played out. And uh, I had to quit, but I ran the clock for the last three years. And then this past year, I had both knees replaced. So I'm back going in pretty good shape right now. I actually officiated a high school uh football game two weeks ago so uh you know it's it was a good relationship and and working with with the athletic department uh we did a lot of promotions and things out of the bookstore with basketball and football and uh you know and i was very involved with football and then i worked up doing game day management in football and basketball i helped with that and then i still run a shot clock or game clock at the uh basketball games and I'm the back backup clock operator for the uh, football game, so that's kind of been my involvement with athletics at UT Martin. Well, I want before we get in specifically the golf part, I want to ask about officiating. You've probably seen some changes, and I think nowadays with the internet and, and parent out of control parents and and stuff, people see the negatives. You know, what was it like though to be an official? I want to ask specifically maybe about the years you worked in the OVC, just going out there on the basketball courts and. Um, did you, obviously you enjoyed it, but what was it like? It was, it, it, it was most, most fun, gratifying. Of course, when I first started in high school, Hey, it was three on three, three, three players on each end, half court. And, uh, that was a different game. And then we went to full court and then the three point line came in, you know, that was a big change. And, uh, I actually started, uh, refereeing, uh, basketball in, college in that NAIA league and junior college about three or four years after I started refereeing so I had a good opportunity there and uh that 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 was that was really fun I mean gosh I tell you what I think about the the old days of Lipscomb and Belmont and Treveca and and working those games and then Ohio Valley you know working middle and Tennessee Tech and Austin P and and those schools, it, it was it was it was it was a lot of fun. I met so many good people, made so many good friends. Uh, you know, the fans, uh, they were as rabid back then, maybe as they are now. Maybe they they weren't quite as outspoken as they are now. But gotcha. uh, you know, that's just the way things evolved over the years and everything. So it was it was it was a lot of fun. I, I still enjoy it. I wish I could get back out on that basketball floor and referee a few more games, but. But I know I can't. Now, if you're watching a basketball game on on a random Saturday in January, are, are you watching the officials, or can you just kind of step back and just enjoy the game without uh, seeing that I part just, of the game? I just sit back and enjoy the game, but I'm always I'm always looking at the officials, and you know the the officials that came in here and, and come in here in basketball every year. Uh, you know, some of them some of them are young men off of parents that I officiated with, so wow. that's really 
you know, good to see that. And uh, it's, uh, you know, you're always looking to see what, you know, what's going on and everything. And just like this past two weeks, we lost a dear person, Dale Kelly, who was astronomical in the officiating game. He was the most powerful man in officiating for a long time. And uh, always had a good relationship with Dale and, uh, you know, conversed with him quite often as he did camps. And he would come here. He was doing high school uh, observing and assigning. And so, you know, I, I continue to learn and look. I just like to stay up on it and, you know, know what's going on. Now we're going to talk about coaching again in just a sec, but does be, did being an official help you when you were a golf coach? And I know it's different. There's not on-court officiating is different for golf, but did it help you see a different perspective when you're on the basketball court or the football field and, and dealing with coaches? I, I'm going to tell you what. I, would, I officiated for some great coaches, and uh, like Don Meyer at Lipscomb. And in Northwest Tennessee, you had John Tucker, Jack Kane. Randy Barnes, people like that. And, you know, as I reflect back on it, I see how those people or those coaches handled their players and what they did. I mean, at that time, I didn't know I was going to be a golf coach. I had yeah. no idea. That was the furthest thing from my mind. And so, you know, just watching those people and, and how they handle people and players and situations. And uh, that that that's what helped me along the way, uh, as, you know, when I became a golf coach and everything. That, that, that was an interesting thing when I became a golf coach anyway. Well, so Grover Page, obviously the first uh, golf coach at UT Martin, legendary, has uh, a tournament named after him. How did the opportunity to work with Grover come about? Well, uh, actually, I started the first 22 years I got out of college of course i officiated i hunted and i fished in my in my spare time and i really didn't start playing golf to mount anything till i was almost 44 years old wow. and so the other part got not very good so i decided to start playing golf and i played a little bit in high school of course i grew up on a farm and hey we couldn't play golf or anything back in those days didn't have the funds or opportunities but anyway, I became involved with Coach Page, you know, through the athletic department. And I started working with him on his tournaments and everything. We put on fundraiser tournaments and, and raised money for a golf team. And I worked with him hand in hand with that. And then he actually recruited my son, Scott, uh, out of Westview High School to play golf. And I was working, you know, with him and that. And that's how I, I kind of – got involved with golf. I started playing, didn't have any lessons, kind of was self-taught and everything, was a decent golfer at that time. So it was, you know, that's how, that's how I got started in golf. And then Phil Dane was the uh, athletic director. He was the uh, – he was business and finance person on campus. And, of course, he was my boss working in a bookstore for a long time. And so he became athletic director and uh, – he came and you know that that's another story right there if you want to hear part of that <laughs> yeah and phil dean just inducted into the ovc hall of fame this past uh or honored as part of the hall of fame this past year so yeah tell that story you know it it he came to me and i guess in year 2000 and uh 2000 yeah 2000 2000 
at the end of that 2001. And he said, Coach Page is going to retire. And he's just been working as a part-time person because he'd already retired as football coach and in the HP department at UT Martin. He said, I want you to be my golf coach. I said, you want me to do what? This was <laughs> at a, a retreat that we went on. And I said, do what? He said, I want you to be the golf coach. I said, you got to be kidding me, man. He said, I've never coached golf. Uh, and uh, he said, yeah, but he said, here's the thing about it. You've officiated. You know everybody in the state. you got connections. Uh, you've got years of service. Uh, you can retire and draw retirement, and then I'll pay you a small stipend to be the golf coach. At that time, it wasn't very much money. It was only a part-time job for the amount to you. And he said, I tell you what, you got a year to think about it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I went home and I thought about it. I didn't even tell, I didn't even tell my wife or Scott or my kids about it for, for six months. And after six months, I told them about it. And I said, I, I don't know. We got to talk about it. So we did. And, uh, I, and at that time, Scott still had two years to play golf. And uh, he said, uh, well, I said, Scott, I don't want to do anything to, to take away from your last two years of playing golf at UT Martin and enjoying it. You worked your way up. You're playing, you know, as a top five or six now. And he said, we talked about it. And he said, well, he said, I'm, I'll say this. He said, you've always been my golf coach ever since I've been playing <laughs> golf. He started playing with me in the fifth grade. And he said, you're the only coach I've ever had. And he said, the only thing that I request is that we not take it home and discuss it. We do whatever we're going to do on, on the golf uh, practice facility or, or in the tournaments and everything. And I said, hey, if I decide to do it, that's a deal. And my wife said, whatever you want to do. So I decided, why not? So in 2002, I became the head golf coach at UT Martin. So that's how that came about. Uh, that's It's funny how small connections like that uh, turn out. And so, you know, you take that program over. And I, that was before I came to OVC. I'm looking at the results. So, you know, the year you were an assistant uh, helping out or a volunteer, UT Martin was last. That first year, they were last. How do you then get start building the program to get them to where they are now at the top of the OVC? Well, I'm on that coach page and when we were in AI, he did a very good job. I mean, he had some one of the top programs in the old uh, Gulf South conference and uh, he developed a, you know, pretty good program. It's on solid foundation and everything. And, and he had some booster club people. And so when I took it over, uh, we weren't very good. And uh, you know, I was going to have to raise a lot of money to operate and travel like we wanted to. And, and I really didn't at that time. And he told me, he said, you don't understand what you're getting into, but he said, I think you're the man for the job. And uh, he said, I'll continue to be a resource person for you and, and do that. And he did. And uh, he, that was a great help. And so, you know, we, I just started recruiting and, and, and still we're only funded in the state of Tennessee for our golf program. You know, we got four and a half scholarships like everybody else, but we're only in basically in the state of Tennessee. Now we branched out a little bit here at the end, but when I started that, that was it. And really I didn't have anything to be honest with you. We just had a couple of local golf courses 
uh, grains burned up in the summertime. We didn't, we hit, we hit balls on soccer field down here on the edge of campus. We had to pick up our golf balls every day. So when I started, I said, well, we got to have a place to practice and, uh, hit balls. So, uh, the local driving range was here and I go to church with that, with those people. And I asked them, could we use that? And I said, here's what I'll do for you and, and help you and do that. And they said, yep, that's fine. So that's where we had a place to start hitting golf ball. Before that, it was just random. So we took it and, uh, you know, got along there. And, you know, we we just weren't we, – we had great kids, but we just didn't have enough players. You know, we'd always have about three, but we didn't have like a four, five, or six player that could really get us up to where we could, where we could compete. So – you know, I said, well, you know, somehow we got to change that or what we're going to do. And we continued to, to build and, and and that. And people jumped on board financially and helped us. I'll never forget. Uh, one day I was working on a local golf course. And uh, this guy came up to me and he said, Jerry, what can I do to help you program? And I said, well, i tell you one thing I'd like to have is some travel bags. I said, really, we don't have anything to travel with. So he gave me a check for $1,000. I'll never forget that long as I live. And, I mean, he's one of the top booster club people that we got now. And we just took it from there. And I just continued to cultivate it and all that and tried to recruit. And, and then really what happened in the year 2000, I'd had a relationship with a man named Bill Rhodes who played golf for Coach Page for four years. And he's now the CEO of AutoZone in Memphis. And, uh, and I knew Bill. And uh, he knew me and we talked and, you know, this happened at a, a UT Martin at a Memphis football game. I traveled with the football team at that time to to games and helped the equipment manager and sideline and that type of thing. So uh, never forget it. Phil Dane came down and said, Bill Rose wants to talk to you. I said, okay. So uh, I went up at halftime and talked to Bill and his dad and we just visited and had a good time and, before I left, he said, Jerry, if I never do anything to help the program, he said, let me know. Well, I just kind of brushed that over my shoulder, I guess, and went back. And and uh, so I don't know, later on that next year, I ran into Bill one day at Paris Landing. He had a place up there. And uh, he was up there on Labor Day weekend, and we were qualifying. And he – came by and he said, Hey coach said, I got some eligibility left. I said, okay, <laughs> come on down here, Bill. I said, we need to talk. We, and you tell, tell us some coach page stories. So he did. And everybody got teed off and, and Bill said, uh, well, athletic director said, you're looking at a practice facility or, or place just to practice. I said, yeah, Bill, we don't have anything. And if I'm going to ever get anything done, I got to have, some, I got to do something. I said, I just want a place to hit balls and, you know, a place we can call our own and maybe just a little building to hit out of if it rains or whatever. And he said, I'll tell you what, you get your facts and figures together and come to see me. I said, wow. <laughs> so I came back and I developed a great relationship with the School of Agriculture, which that was my major, mm -hmm. and uh, a guy by the name of Dr. West, Dr. West Totten. And uh, so I went back and talked to him. I said, Wes, I said, you ain't going to believe this, but let me tell you what I got. So I told him about it. And I said, is there any way you can, is there anything you can help or 
could we help you? And he said, man, that's what I'm needing for my program. And he said, uh, okay. He said, we'll be partners on it. I said, that's, that's a deal. And we shook hands. And so we got together and got our everything together and drew up and we did some preliminary work and, and the school of agriculture at that time, a guy named Dr. Jerry Grisham, who was over the whole farm out here at UT Martin. We got about five, 600 acres and Phil Dane, the athletic director. And we got together and talked about it. And they said, it looks like a good relationship to me. You know, let's see what we can do. So we did that and we went to see Mr. Rhodes and development people and us and coach page and Phil and, we sat down and went over everything and we kind of shot for the moon to start with and which I thought was a little high. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't just real comfortable with it, but the uh, development guy said, now nah, I said, you can always come down. So we did. And Bill said, well, said, that's a little bit more than me and my wife was looking at doing. He said, any way you can revise this? And I said, yes, sir. It is. We came back, we revised everything. We got it together and we went back and he said, I like it. And we shook hands and I guess the rest of it's history. Now the university was big in this because at that time, the business and finance person was a good friend that I worked for before I retired. And, uh, they, at that time, money was kind of plentiful and he gave us an ample amount of money to buy all the equipment we needed to maintain this place. And the school of ag gave us the, they said, you pick out the place. And we picked out a prime location here on campus right next to football stadium. And, you know, we built it from there and our booster club people and our alumni and all that jumped on board and the athletic department, the school of ag. And then we built this nice facility we got here, which probably if you had to build it, it'd be over a million dollars today. And we did it for probably five or 600,000. And so that was nothing that anybody else had in the OVC. And when we started that and I showed recruits what we had, that's when we started getting some really good players that kind of made us compete in the OVC. So we had an opportunity. So that's kind of the story behind God. Yeah. I was going to say that uh, it built in 2013 and then, you know, three or four years later, you win the first OVC championship. So obviously the correlation there. So I wanted to ask you about that, you know, 2016 at the Shoals, um, what can you remember about that championship, uh, event? Well, uh, of course the thing about it in 2014, uh, we thought we had it won and weather played a vital part in that decision. And we got, we, in my opinion, we got gypped. I mean, I'll, I'll make that statement till the day I die, but, uh, we, we, we didn't, we didn't win, and we was all upset. I said, guys, we'll be back. And so, you know, 2015, and, and I don't know, we didn't probably do as well as we wanted. And then 16, I didn't know that we could win, but had the guys, that was their goal. And so we had a guy named Ben Reeves, and everybody wanted to win it for Ben Reeves. And we did and uh, I mean, it was, it came down to the last man, last hole, last tee shot, last two putts. And that was Hunter Richardson who won the OVC for us. So it was a team effort that was just something that I didn't know that we'd ever do. And, and I don't think anybody else involved with golf thought we'd ever do, but we did. 
and then we've just been kind of rolling ever since then. And and then I, you know, kept it for a couple of years, and I decided I just it was time for me to give it up, which I had to, and uh, for a number of reasons. And and we hired Austin Swafford, who played for me for four years, traveled with me for two years, recruited with me, and uh, I told Kirk McGuffin, our athletic director, when I met with him. I said, I said, Kirk, I just got one request. I said, I don't think you ought to bring in anybody that wants to try to reinvent this place. UT Martin is kind of a unique place. And we don't need somebody to try to redo this whole thing because we got a good program, we got a good support group, and we got good kids, and the future looks bright. And he said, What do you think about Austin Swafford? I said, That's my recommendation. And the rest of that's history. He's only won the last two years. So it's it's worked out, you know, pretty dang good for us. Yeah, did that, did that make it easier? Like you knew Austin was there and it, it would be in good hands if yeah, uh, he I took over? I'm going to tell you. Uh, and the reason I hadn't given it up before that is because we didn't have anybody. It didn't pay, it didn't pay enough money. I mean, it was a part-time job. And when they hired me, they hired, they offered it to a bunch of people. And they said, we can't make a living doing that. And they couldn't. The only reason I did is because I was fully retired with the university. And then what little money they gave me, we did that. So everything kind of had to step up a little bit. And uh, Austin wanted to stay here and, uh, and, and, and take over the program. And he did. And then I told the athletic director, I said, Kirk, I said, when we built this place, I made myself a, a pledge that as long as I was living, this place would be kept first class, top notch. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'll offer my assistance to help him because we do all the mowing and everything ourselves. We do all the work ourselves. And I put in a many hour building this place. And I said, I want to help. He said, that's a done deal. I'll make you special assistant to me. And you help with golf and then other things that I ask you to do. And I said, man, that's a great deal. I said, I will do it as long as I'm living, as long as I'm able and everything. So that's kind of the way we are right now. I still mm-hmm. enjoy being with the kids. I get to travel some. Now, my son, Scott, was very instrumental in this whole process because he was really my volunteer assistant coach mm-hmm. over all those years. I didn't have anybody. And he was a good go-between between an old guy and a young guy that kind of you know, I guess help put things together and everything. I'd always run ideas by him and he'd tell me if that's a good deal or a bad deal and we'd get the middle of the road and, and go on. So, Hey, I couldn't have done it without my son and Scott is still helping as a volunteer coach today. So we got a tremendous relationship right here at UT Martin and, and I'm so proud of it. You know, and when you announced the retirement, you, you made a decision in September of 2019. And so obviously that season didn't get a finish because of COVID. Uh, you had a great team that year. Is there any regrets that you didn't get to go to that OVC championship as the head coach one more time? I'm going to tell you, I, I was I was heartbroken because I knew we had a good team. I think we were ranked number one in the OVC. Man, we had the best bunch of kids. I mean, they were just top notch. And, you know, I thought, man, they just got gypped. But COVID hit and that happened. And then everybody got a year of eligibility back and they all came back. And that's what made it rewarding that they came back and they got that championship. 
and now you get to do it as as the volunteer, the special assistant, the volunteer assistant. You get to do it and see, you know, Austin coach. And as you referenced earlier, winning the, the last couple championships. What, what's it like from that side now to to still be involved, not the head coach, but seeing these young men succeed? It's it, it's really great. Uh, and, and as I told Austin, I said, Austin, uh, I will never interfere with what you do. I know you're going to do things different than what I did. I did things different than Coach Payne, but I said. You know, it's your program. You got to put your niche on it. You get, you're going to do some things different. And I said, I'm a resource person. If you want to ask me my opinion, I'll give it honestly to you, and uh, and I'll just help you and support you and everything. And that's the relationship that we have. And it's it, it's a great relationship, and it's very rewarding that I still get to do this as a as a as an older person that's been here a long time. This will be 55 years that I've worked at UT Martin. So that's a, that's really a lifetime. I've seen this university come from 1,700 students to almost 8,000, you know, before everything started declining a little bit. So I've seen this thing come first circle and the whole athletic department. And our athletic director, Kirk McGuffin, is doing a tremendous job for our program, all of our programs. He's made tremendous improvements. Now, I got to say something about Phil Dane, our former athletic director. Uh, Phil was a, was a wonderful person. He was a, a guy that knew how to maneuver money around being a business and finance person. And uh, he was in, very instrumental in getting this program and this facility done. And uh, so I, got, I, owe a, I owe a lot to him. He said I owed him for the rest of, the rest of my life because he hired me as a golf coach. Those first seven or eight years, I thought you did me the most disservice I've ever had in my life. You know, I don't know if it's going to work out or not, but it did. Now, Phil's in bad health right now. He's he's had he's had a melanoma. He's had uh, uh, he's had COVID that really almost put him under. But right now, he is in Houston, Texas, with some more melanomas in his in his head and everything. So he's really suffering right now. But uh, we wish him the best of hell you've talked you've mentioned phil and some other people and obviously working on the basketball table crew and then chain gang everything you've done you touch in the bookstore you've touched many people on campus over the years what makes ut martin the university special well you know it's 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 a laid-back place it's in you know a rural area uh you know People over the years, you know, when I started, the teachers, the athlete, the the leaders, the chancellors, all cared about UT Martin. You know, we, we had a slogan one time with a campus that cares, and everybody seemed to do that. Now, I mean, times are changing, and, and I mean, we, you know, with Chancellor Carver, we got a tremendous leader in place. He cares, and he's one of the most caring people that I've ever been around. Margaret Perry was the other lady that really cared about people. And then Nick Dunnigan was a chancellor. You know, as I tell people, I can relate back all the way to Paul Meek, who was chancellor back when I started and before I started. So I've been through every chancellor at UT Martin and it's all been good. We've had a few along the way that may have straight a little bit or we didn't like the direction that they were going but we had such a following and our legislators and people like that those people didn't last very long so they moved them out of here 
So it's just a it's just a great place. And you know, a lot of my recruits came from Nashville, from Brentwood, and those areas. And you think, ooh, they ain't they're not gonna come to a place that all we got's a Walmart. Uh, but hey, they came down here and visited and liked the campus and what we had and and fell in love with it. And I had very few that's left because they didn't like it after they got here. So it's just a special place. You referenced uh, your knee replacement uh, earlier. So just how much better do you feel now? You get to work some more things, but just in retirement, how has that uh, helped you do more things? Well, it's, it's you know, it's given me an opportunity to, to get back and I don't have to worry about day-to-day operations, decisions, dealing with everybody, you know, with reports and things that you have to do with the NCAA and the university and all that stuff is, has changed so much, you know, as a guy didn't grow up with computers, as you see here with this zoom thing, uh, I had this old dog had to learn a lot of new tricks and some of it was slower than others, but I always had good people like Trudy Henderson that helped me along the way. I mean, what a great person she was. And she's been, you know, just phenomenal to help me through a lot of scrapes and things with computers and operations and that type of thing. And, and of course, you know, Ryan, our AD, God, what a great person he is. And we've just had good people. When they come here, they get attached mm-hmm. and they see what kind of good place it is. And I mean, it's not a hustle bustle. If we got five people behind a red light, we think we got a traffic jam. <laughs> so, you know, we don't have to fool with like all that national traffic or Memphis traffic or Jackson or places like that. So that's what makes it special. And you know, we're 50 miles from Paducah, Kentucky, and 50 miles from Jackson, Tennessee. So that's the biggest towns next to us. And then, you know, two hours to Memphis and two and a half to Nashville. So, you know, we're sitting in, you know, pretty good place. So what's next? You just, you keep doing what you're doing? Do you have other things that you want to do that aren't golf related? Uh, I'll just keep doing, just keep doing what I'm doing. Uh, my wife hasn't been in the best of health lately, and but she's doing pretty good right now and uh so uh you know just getting to, to be here and work here and gives me an opportunity to do a few things and you know we've been to a few places we haven't been any, anywhere big or anything like that it's still a trip or two that i might like to take I, i'd really like to see the the, the hall of fame of golf in uh, in florida uh i've been to the nfl hall of fame and uh can't know how i've got to see that so it's a few things like that I'd like to do and, you know, still like to go to ball games and come to the championships and, and, and visit and do that. So that's really what I'm going to do. I'm back after I had these knees replaced. Uh, I'm back playing golf again. I went about three or four years where I just couldn't hardly get around. So uh, just doing that and enjoying life and, you know, being up here and doing this is uh, just a great opportunity. Okay, if uh, you, Scott, and Austin are playing today, who's winning? Uh, I tell you what, it's going to be a toss-up between Scott and Austin. Uh, of course, Scott's 42 years old now, but I'm going to tell you what, he can still play. He's won the club championship about 11 times at our place, and uh, he can still tee it up with the guys. And if he, he, if he played and practiced like he used to, of course, he's got a – six months old now and a five-year-old so a lot of his responsibilities at home but he can still tee it up and play with the best of them and uh, every year he plays in urban Cobb at paducah and he'll come in the top four five or six every year with 
anybody that wants to come along up there. So uh, it's good for these guys. And then we play some local tournaments and fundraisers and things. And I try not to go to a golf tournament without either Scott or Austin or both of them. <laughs> <laughs> All I do is chip and put. <laughs> hey, smart, smart, uh, smart decisions there. Well, Jerry, um, you know, in the time I've worked here, I, I've I've always enjoyed our relationship. But just thanks for all of you done for UT Martin and, and the OVC and and really help elevate the game of golf, too. So thanks for taking time uh, to join us on the podcast and uh, just uh, best of luck continuing to do what you're doing. My pleasure to uh, always talk with you and everything. Uh, enjoyed it. my 18 years working with the Ohio Valley Conference and all the people. And uh, it was a a good, very good relationship. That was my conversation with Jerry Carpenter. I've known Jerry for a while, and you can tell that he is a great storyteller and someone that others generally want to be around for his good nature. If you have a suggestion for a future guest, reach out to us on Twitter at OVC Sports. As we celebrate the 75th anniversary of the OVC, we want to hear from a variety of former coaches, players, and administrators to get different perspectives on what has made the OVC great over the year. Remember to find us on your favorite podcast platform and like and subscribe to help us spread the word. You can also visit ovcsports.com slash podcast for more information. Until next time, take care.